Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Thank you all. That's the sound of the press not being allowed to ask questions of President Biden and the Irish Prime Minister as they meet in the Oval Office. And Joe Biden just smiling and bemused and happy. This is what the press hates about Biden and what the press hates about Corinne Jean-Pierre. Hates them both. And I have not figured out why they're still putting up with it. Well, Tony, it's because they're, they're all in for, for Joe Biden. They can't say anything. This is the press corps. Very, very different. Very different group of people that they put up with this garbage is stunning. Trump answered questions. Biden's a coward. People have to start saying so. Biden's a coward. And Corinne Jean-Pierre is a fool. Incompetent. Incapable. And no one there can run a comms team to save their lives. When do they start saying so? Gosh, I hope it's soon. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on? The phone number. Uh, you know what? I, I could go for some calls today. I never do it. I could do it today. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. That is the phone number, 833-GOT-TONY. Yeah, call. A ask me almost anything. I'll, or I'll ask me anything, I'll answer almost anything. That's the way it'll go. Joe Biden calling on Congress to tighten the rules. No one is above the law, says President Biden, and strengthening accountability is an important deterrent to prevent mismanagement in the future. He's talking about banks. He's talking about banks and banks that are failing. You take a look right now. What do you see? The Dow at one moment was down over 400. It's mostly been down on, on uh, down 200. First Republic Bank, which plays in the same level of banking world as Silicon Valley Bank, they were having problems until 11 other banks bailed them out to the tune of $30 billion. Even still, the stock is down. The bank, according to a group called Atlantic Equities, the bank still might need another $5 billion in capital. Well, what was this bank doing? Exactly how was this bank run? What were they doing to themselves? Were they involved in the same level of ridiculousness regarding bonds? As Silicon Valley Bank, we know the story of Silicon Valley Bank. People started noticing that what they were paying out on loans or to depositors didn't match what they had coming in. They noticed that this was a bank that had bought bonds, but as interest rates go up, bond values go down. So they didn't have the money to cover the depositors. Yet these were the executive team, members of the executive team, sold $4.4 million worth of stock Two weeks before they went belly up, everyone got bonuses before they went belly up. Savvy investors started getting out on the Monday and Tuesday. That Thursday, the stock had slid 60%. The next day, the California regulators said, we're halting trading on this. We're taking over the bank. Then the FDIC got involved. The begging of the Biden administration to bail everybody out, and that's what they did. Now, I accept that some people discuss this as, well, it wasn't a bailout. I accept that some people say that if you want to go by the technical. But if you 
had $12 million in the bank and you got your $12 million made whole, that can be seen as a bailout. And if you were an investor in the bank and you got made whole, that I would consider a bailout. So I'm fine with my terminology. This was a a bank that was completely asleep at the switch, possibly purposefully. They did not care about what was happening. They did not pay attention to any internal regulation. Then the regulators in California, where were they? The federal regulators, where were they? What happened with this First Republic Bank, though? Why are they having this problem? By the way, I'm staring at at, at stock prices. And and full disclosure, I own no part of First Republic Bank whatsoever. You're telling me on March 8th, they had a close of 115. And then on March 13th, they had a close of 31. And right now, they're at 25.35. That's... Nuts. I mean, go back to February. This bank was closed, was, was trading at $147 a share. And then, Cliff. That's incredible stuff. What were they doing? Who runs this bank? And what made groups like Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, and Citigroup get involved? My argument is it was cheaper than fear. $30 billion of deposits from these 11 banks was cheaper than fear damaging their banks. That's the only rational answer. When you take a look at Credit Suisse, which really deals in the investment side, and you see that the Swiss National Bank put in what amounts to $54 billion U.S. dollars into them, Okay, that's more than just fear. That's about pride. They don't want Credit Suisse going under. They want it to be this rock. They want to show their nation that they've got this under control. So for a myriad of reasons, they put the money in. Let's put that one to the side, even though that one's still dragging down. It's kind of fascinating. You would think $54 billion, everyone would be like, oh, oh, we're bravo, we're good, we're good. And yet still... And yet still, you, 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 they feel this angst. $30 billion into First Republic, and they're still angst. I'm sorry, that's kind of remarkable. Management is exploring different strategic options, which may include a full sale or divestment of parts of the loan portfolio. The limited information provided implies that the balance sheet has increased substantially, which may well necessitate a capital raise. That according to an analyst by the name of John Haggerty. And one group has put a $5 target on it. So, you know, expect this to fall further. Yeah, there's no, there's no good faith right now. And it, it's, it's understandable that people in, in all corners are like, okay, what does this mean for us? I come to the same place that I was at yesterday that I've been at all week. There's absolutely nothing that I've seen, and I claim no expertise, guys. I, how, I don't know how many times I have said, you do not take investing advice from Tony Katz. 
Do not do it. However, we have been talking to experts. We have been researching these things. And the one thing that I can tell you that I feel very confident in, and I would tell you if I had made a move, I would let you know. I have changed zero of my banking. I made a change into how much was in accounts nine months ago because I wanted some some diversification out. And I'm not look, I'm not I'm not playing in the numbers you think I'm playing. Remember, it's radio money. And radio money is crappy money. All right, I didn't think that was necessary. I mean, it's not something to be proud of. It should be radio money. Much better. Much better right there. Radio money. OMG. Are you kidding me right now? That sounds right. I mean, radio money. I hate Illinois Nazis. Again, maybe not necessary, but I get your point. Um, I have made no changes. There is nothing, there is no reporting, there is no conversation that I have had with any expert anywhere that makes me think I need to be concerned or you need to be concerned about a serious run on banks. That's different than everybody's watching. And you start to realize that the commentary from E.J. Antoni from the Heritage Foundation, this is starting to ring a little bit more true then maybe I gave it credit for it the first. What if this is just the start of us seeing where the banking problem has been for the last one, two, or three years? What if it's just now apparent what has been bubbling under the surface and exactly what does that mean? Well, the only thing that I can come to that it means is not that I'm going to start making a run on the bank. Is that this inflation, recession, stagflation conversation, this is as true as it gets, and you have to be ready now. Prices are going to stay high. Supply chain issues are going to remain. Interest rates are going to stay high. And this whole idea that they can't raise interest rates because that will further deflate the value of bonds and create more pressure on the banks. Well, if they don't raise interest rates, inflation goes higher, placing more pressure on us. So pick one. Pick your poison. Maybe, just maybe, you can use this one-two punch to get the Biden administration to stop spending. And I will be clear, as I have always been, the Trump administration spent too much. You know it, I know it, they know it, we know it. They spend too much. They don't want to admit it? I don't care. Just facts. There's too much spending. The Democratic Party spends, the Republican Party spends slower. <laughs> that's, that's the only difference that we've got. Oh, I absolutely don't like what I see for 2023. I don't. And you know what's the the, the dumbest part of this? Because there is a, there's something that happens in these moments and the reverse is what should happen. And it's how people invest in their business. You're you're a business owner. Let me know what you think. If you're a business owner, tell me what you think. uh, At Tony Katz on Twitter. Tony at TonyKatz.com. When times get tight like this, one of the things businesses do is they, they, they sometimes shrink themselves, and some of the things they shrink are their own marketing. Why would, you, why would you utilize a time like this to shrink your footprint? It's the weirdest thing in the world. 
These are the times where you got to actually say, you know what? I'm not going to go on that vacation. You know what? Maybe we're not getting one more piece of equipment. But we got to let people know that we're here so we can continue to get the work to stay employed. And then other people fall off because they can't keep up. And when things get better, we're already the established name. It's so weird when they go in the, in the hibernation mode. Wrong idea. Absolutely wrong idea. So crazy. So absolutely nuts. It, 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 it's, it's remarkable to me. Meanwhile, going back to Joe Biden, he wants Congress to give regulators more authority to get back pay and penalize executives at distressed banks. This is where it gets weird. Here's what he says. No one is above the law, and strengthening accountability is an important deterrent to prevent mismanagement in the future. Well, I think we would agree we don't want mismanagement going on. He continues, when banks fail due to mismanagement and excessive risk-taking, it should be easier for regulators to claw back compensation from executives, to impose civil penalties, and to ban executives from working in the banking industry again. Wouldn't the right answer be don't bail them out? I don't think you will find many people on the street who will argue that if these executives over at Silicon Valley Bank were selling $4.4 million of their stock and giving themselves bonus two weeks before the collapse, that that is disgusting and people want to say, no, 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 you shouldn't be able to profit off of that. But I put forth to you that everybody doing business with with them did business with them because they were buddy-buddy. And they didn't care. They didn't pay any attention. Why should I now be going after these people when the people who were invested there didn't give a damn? The problem is is that what Biden is calling for here is, is what people feel to be true. You don't get to burn things to the ground and then profit. That, and, if, and if that's the case, I want someone to go after Bernie Sanders' wife for bankrupting a college in Burlington, and they're still able to have three houses. I mean, I want to apply this in a bunch of places. If you were to go on the street and ask this question, hey, if you ruin a bank, should you be allowed to uh, have collected bonuses a week before it went under? People go, absolutely not. Take the bonus back. Who do they think they are? I think we should stop for a moment and move away from that emotion and then ask ourselves, what does it actually mean? If we do that, how does that apply itself? That's a worthy question. I don't know if we're going to get a worthy answer, but I think it's a worthy question. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. In Donald Trump news, wow, what happened to my voice? What was that? Is this allergies mixed with a Friday? Is that what's going on? That was that was as puberty-laden as I have ever done. <laughs> Tony Katz, Tony, man, what happened? Seriously, Jonathan, what the hell? That is, that is not healthy. 
Hold on, hold on. I'm going to take a sip of water. Jonathan, sing a sing a tune. Do you have any any specific songs you you like ah, me to sing? You are really not good at the vamping, are you? We got to work not. on this, Jonathan. We do. We got to work. Holy cow, that was brutal. That was br- I'm lucky I didn't invite anybody to junior prom just then. Son of a son of a gun. Oh, I don't know what I just did. Oh, that hurt. Oh, that 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 actually actually hurt. It's the allergies. I I actually I went to see um my doctor yesterday. A regular doctor's appointment. Uh, I'm I'm fine, but I'm like I get this. Center my chest, not all the time. Every now and again, I get this like little cough. And certainly when I'm doing radio, that's when it irritates me. There are many times I don't feel it. And then all of a sudden I feel it. And then you know the voice. I said, "Is it allergies?" And and my doctor's like, it's it's Indiana. There are nine billion allergies. I get everything's an allergy. It's crazy, but it's possible. And then he's like, "Do you smoke?" And I'm like, "I'm like, what do you, what do you mean?" He goes, "Well, do you inhale?" Hey, phrase it. And I'm like, I I I, I smoke cigars. There's no inhaling of cigars. And he says to me, "Maybe you can cut that out." And I said, I did laugh. I will admit, I laughed, and I said, yeah, that's not happening. But his argument was sound, that certainly allergies can be affecting things. And while you're not inhaling uh, a cigar, and you don't inhale a cigar, but if you're in a cigar lounge, certainly air is being moved and circulated, but you can be inhaling, and, and smoke can be an irritant. So if you were to have a little cough or something or a little inflammation because of the allergies, the smoke could exacerbate that. And I said, that's at least logical. That's at least logical. And then I went and I had a cigar. The point is, I'm not the greatest patient in the world. I think that's the point I'm trying to make to you right here, right now. You, you now know my medical history. Everything, everything else is fine. Uh, also, uh, no swelling. I didn't know. You know, they, they, have you ever been to a doctor where they, like, check your legs, like, right by your shins? They kind of, like, push in. Have you ever had that happen to you, Jonathan, or are you too young for that? I think I'm too young for that. Yeah. So uh, I was like, okay, checking for swelling. I'm like, did I pass? And the, my doctor's like, yeah. So I want to know, if, if I'm not swollen... What's going on with other people? How would you even tell? I, I I don't recall my doctor ever doing that before. I was like, that's that's new. That's like an age thing that's kind of awkward. I don't I don't have too many of those, but that one was it. Meanwhile, healthy as a horse, I've learned a lot. Uh, they are gonna let Trump back on YouTube. I I will bring you that story. Absolutely, and this Biden money thing. This Biden money thing is real. It is real, and it has to be investigated. Meanwhile, I spoke with Noah Rothman yesterday about why Ron DeSantis was wrong about Ukraine. Today, former Army Colonel, retired Army Colonel Kurt Schlichter, about why Ron DeSantis is right. That story is coming up. This is Tony Katz Today.
question before us is, is Ron DeSantis right or wrong about his position on Ukraine? Or really, uh, better said, Ron DeSantis' position on Ukraine has people saying whether or not he's right or wrong. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. It's Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, answering a questionnaire for Tucker Carlson, saying uh, that the United States, having many vital uh, national interests, including the border, our border, including uh, energy security and independence, uh, he's stating becoming further entangled in a territorial dispute between Ukraine and Russia is not one of them, meaning not one of our vital national interests. Now, this has people saying, oh, he's not interested in fighting or helping the Ukrainians fight their war. He wants to be overrun by the Russians. He's taking the side of Putin. The question, of course, is what is his point and what is the argument that can be made? I spoke the other day with Noah Rothman of National Review. Noah Rothman is in the camp of we need to help Ukraine because defeating uh, Vladimir Putin and not allowing him to take control of Ukraine is in our national interest. But the, there's still a question of what is our goal? What is the actual goal that we have? Kurt Schlichter joins us right now. He is a columnist at Town Hall, their featured columnist at Town Hall. His latest, DeSantis is Right About Ukraine, is there at townhall.com. His book will be back, The Fall and Rise of America, available at amazon.com or wherever fine books are sold. And uh, Kurt, you have, you, you're a man who served in the United States Army uh, as a, a colonel. You have engaged in training of Ukrainian soldiers. Your, your take is that not that uh, we, we want an invasion of Ukraine, but rather there's something to be said for what DeSantis is saying. What is it that should be recognized as valuable here? Well, uh, thanks, Tony. And, I, uh, and I'm a graduate of the Army War College. I, ha I literally have a degree in strategy. And that's why I, I look at Noah Rothman, who, who does not. And I think he's got some strategic confusion. We need to establish our objective, Tony. What is our objective? Now, we talk about vital national interest as opposed to just national interest. Vital, whether it's worth life and death. Uh, does that apply to Ukraine? Well, we got to go back and look at the big picture. What's America's main objective right now? Main objective right now has got to be, and I think every serious people, person understands, it's got to be making sure that Red China does not usurp American supremacy and become uh, the unipower uh, uh, dominating the world, like America did for uh, about 20 years after the Gulf War. Uh, everything we do should support that. The things that support that are our strategy. What should our strategy be to Russia? And, and guys like Noah, and I know Noah, and I, I, I understand where he's coming from, but he's mistaken. He's blaming it. He, he's focusing on personalities like Putin. Putin's a bad guy. That's unanimous. What's that have to do with the price of beans? The strategy to confront China and keep China from taking over our supremacy should obviously be to bring Russia, if not to make it an ally, at least to bring it back in the Western fold. And I would argue the greatest foreign policy disaster of the last 30 years was not Iraq, was not Afghanistan, but the failure after the Cold War to integrate Russia into Western Europe. And then we would have a giant powerful ally against China and take 
Siberia, which is full of resources that China desperately needs and right on China's border and disputed by China, and take that off the table uh, from uh, China being able to grab Now, I'm going to take a step back. making it self-independent. Let's take a step back because you said something that I think for a lot of people, that's a whoa moment. How would you, with Vladimir Putin at the helm, integrate Russia? How could that have been possible to integrate Russia into Western Europe? What does that look like to you strategically? How does that happen? Well, look, Russia, you know, Russia and Putin have various interests, one of them being prosperity. Look. There are many different types of power. There's military power, but there's also diplomatic power, information power, and economic power. Uh, Russia was allowed to descend into a, a, a parody of true capitalism. It became an oligarchy, a, 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 a playground of the rich. We didn't let that have to let that happen. We didn't have to let the oligarchs take over. They, they took over and are able, were able to exercise control because our banks and our investment people – and our economies allowed them to do it. They allowed these guys to play. We could have made Russia, again, Russia's never going to be uh, a, a small town, New Hampshire type democracy, okay? But Russia could have been something like an ally. And we didn't do that. Instead, we, 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 tur we turned against Russia. And for, for diplomatic reasons, in 2016, suddenly the Democrats are looking around for a villain to blame Trump on. Why not Russia? So foolish. First of all, Russia and Trump were not intertwined. Second of all, to pump up hysteria against a country that we should try to have cordial relationship with. And again, I'm not saying Putin's a nice guy. I'm not saying it's a democracy. I'm saying we don't have to have it as an enemy, but we do have it as an enemy now. And we could have been in a position to talk through the real dispute in Ukraine. And, there is, and it is a territorial dispute. Eastern Ukraine has a ton of ethnic Russians. Ukra ethnic Russians and ethnic Ukrainians don't like each other. It's Slavic stuff you and I can't understand, but it's real. And there's a way around it that didn't involve Putin sending 200,000 armored troops in. The invasion was wrong. The Ukrainians are right to fight back. That being said, this fight is not in our interest. It may lead us into actual conflict. It's draining our money and our weapon stores and taking our eye off the prize, which is countering China. Now that's where it gets fascinating. Talking to Kurt Schlichter, retired United States Army columnist at townhall.com where you can find all of his works and the author of We'll Be Back, The Fall and Rise of America. You can find that at Amazon.com. Let's get into the China conversation because I agree with you that China is the top, although I do believe that Russia is absolutely an enemy and always has been, and, and you and I disagree maybe to the, the extent on that one. But we don't disagree uh, about the China conversation. It was Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army, who first brought mm -hmm. up on this show the concerns that if the focus is on Russia and destabilizing Russia, do we then create for China the opportunity to turn Russia into a vassal state, which means Russia still Russia, but every bit of it is controlled by China? You said take the eye off the ball. What is, in your view, or what should be, in your view, the goal with, with Russia? And where does China see its opportunities and what do they look like? 
Well, look, China said Xi is going to Moscow next week. He's going there. And, and, and Lyons is correct. Russia is going to become a vassal state of the Chinese. If Russia is going to become anybody's vassal state, I would prefer it become ours. And it could be. And it could have. Look, Russia's got real problems with China. This is a fraught relationship. China's plan, China is, you know, riding a tiger. And that tiger's right next door to Siberia, which has all those resources that China desperately needs. And China wants those interior lines. China has to go grab oil from all the way in the Persian Gulf, ship it all the way around to the Pacific. That provides a huge vulnerability. If we go to war to China, the war in China starts in the Indian Ocean, where we stop those tankers. If they have the direct line through Siberia, they've got independence. So they have a huge strategic interest in this relationship with Russia. It's going to be a long time before we get Russia back on our side. And again, it's not, oh, we, we're a bad people, we screwed up. It, it, look, we, we did screw up diplomatically, but Russia was wrong to invade Ukraine. Russia caused this problem by doing that. We've got to figure out how to get a peace in Ukraine and then how to start bringing Putin back. Because it's not in Putin's interest to be a vassal of China. He would rather be, I think it would be better for him, to be a wary but cordial uh, uh, member of the West. And I, that I, is possible. I find that to be a so we've hard one. we got to be cold-eyed about it. I find that to be a hard one to figure out how to do, considering when we talk about the, this ethnic conversation, and I, be, and, I, and I understand what you're saying, if you take a look at the Donbass region, uh, Donetsk and Luhansk, these are people who view themselves as ethnic Russians, and Putin sees the opportunity because the one thing Putin doesn't have is population on his size. A huge yes. part of this conversation is about being able to add population because a country without population is nothing more than land for sale or for pillaging. That's that's all it is. Uh, I, I yes. you're discussing what what some uh, in in the hoity-toity places refer to as the idea of the exit ramp, uh, the off ramp. How does Vladimir Putin get out of this and save face? Is it your argument that the United States is handling this wrong, and the way to solve this is to find for Putin the face saving moment? Well, look, that's going to be a component of it. And who likes that? I, look, I, I'd love Putin to be humiliated. I'd love Putin to be overthrown. Those aren't going to happen without uh, extreme risks and extreme efforts. And they are not necessarily in America's interest. Putin needs a way he can get out of this war. He's got a, the Ukrainians need a way to get out of the war, too. They're running out of bodies. And no matter how many, how many shells we pump in there, uh, eventually, there aren't going to be any more Ukrainians to kill. There will always be more Russians. There, there, uh, oh, good Russia assault, a solid Russian economy will help their population problem. And when I say there will always be Russians, I know about the population problem. But there's 200 million of them. That's a lot of Russians. Uh, far more uh, than Ukrainians. And yes, the, Vladimir Putin has shown he will throw bodies at this problem, quote yeah. unquote, until it's solved. Uh, let me take you off this for a, a moment and move you to one of the stories of this week, which was the drone story, that you have this uh, U.S. drone, an MQ-9, I believe it is, 
and you yeah. have these Russian Su-27s, their fighter jets, and one of the fighter jets decides to hit the drone, pouring fuel on it, knocking it down, sinks into the Black Sea. But, of course, the follow-up conversation is they didn't actually mean to do it. This is a provocation that they normally do, an encounter they normally do, but it might have just been pure raw incompetence that they hit the drone. I've made the argument that this was a real mistake from the Russians because it created the opportunity for rationalized provocation against them, especially when you hear people like Senator Lindsey Graham saying we should send missiles at them if they try and take the drone back, which I admit, if they go after the drone, we should get rough and tumble. That's my take. What is your take on the drone? I don't think it's in our strategic interest to go to war over a robot. If this was a uh, 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 an electronic surveillance aircraft with uh, uh, Amer live Americans on it, that becomes a different thing. Uh, it's a robot. One of the best things about robots is it doesn't matter if they get shot down in the in the big scheme of things. You've lost a machine. You've lost some money. Okay. Uh, look, I, look, I, I'm not a peacenik. I'm a hawk. <laughs> I, 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 I think military power is I very know. important to use. But I think we have – look, if we're going to send Americans home in boxes, okay, I need to be able to sit down with the mother of a paratrooper from the 82nd Airborne in Omaha and say your son died because X, Y, Z, and have her go, yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm proud of him. It was worth, you know, it was worth him giving his life. And you could do that for somebody at Normandy. You could do that for somebody uh, at, at Desert Storm. Okay, and I, I was there when that happened. Uh, you you could do that in many cases. I'm not sure your son died because they salvaged a robot. That that doesn't make that doesn't work for me. I don't know how you I don't know how you tell that to a mom. Kurt Schlichter, find his work at townhall.com. S C H L I C H T E R. His latest book will be back: The Fall and Rise of America. Find that at Amazon.com. You can place uh, that order today or wherever fine books are sold. Kurt, I always appreciate you. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Finished our taxes. We're going to get some major bucks back. Great. Just in time to get the car ready for spring break. Yep. Perfect timing. It's not handling right. Get it to CarX. We can fix it now and then pay off the credit card when the refund comes in. Brilliant. I knew there was a reason I married you. CarX is the best in auto repair. They guarantee every part and every repair. Plus, they guarantee the best price in town. So when you need brakes, service, or tires, don't worry, call the CarX man. Protect his family from disaster. Steve used his camera phone. Done. By taking pictures of his important documents, Steve can always have them stored online. Learn more simple disaster prep tips at ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, 
trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Inspiration grows here. The Indiana Flower and Patio Show. March 11th through 19th at the Indiana State Fairgrounds and Event Center. Presented by Indiana 811. This is the ideal place to find great deals, new ideas, and practical advice with trusted local experts. Stroll through this year's Indianapolis Landscape Association feature gardens, where spring is in full bloom and bursting with color. From landscaping and outdoor living to kitchens, baths, and more, don't miss the Indiana Flower and Patio Show. Plan your visit and save on tickets at indianaflowerandpatioshow.com. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers the best parts for your next repair. Has cold weather taken a toll on your car's battery? If your battery is weak or dead, trust the power, performance, and reliability of Superstart batteries, available exclusively at O'Reilly. Visit your new O'Reilly Auto Parts in Edinburgh on North Eisenhower Drive by J.C. today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Chapters of this story take a whole month to tell. This is May. It starts with twists and turns on the IMS road course for the GMR Grand Prix. Then PPG presents Armed Forces Indy 500 qualifying in the Firestone Fast 6 shootout. May continues with Indy's biggest party. And all roads lead to the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500 presented by Gamebridge. This is where heroes become legends and legends become legendary. This is May. Buy now and save. Get tickets at IMS.com. I asked what kind of family she wanted. She said, a family like yours. Learn more about adopting a teen at AdoptUSKids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. of Def Leppard is just hanging out. He's just hanging out, minding his own business, doing his own thing. Next thing you know, some guy's like, hey, it's Rick Allen, the drummer for Def Leppard. Let me go beat the crap out of him. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. That's kind of how it went down. The drummer is at a hotel in Fort Lauderdale. He's at the Four Seasons. Uh, just so we know, uh, being a rock star pays sweet. And he's outside the Four Seasons. He's smoking a cigarette, minding his own business. This guy named Max is ha- hiding behind a pole. He's like, oh, my gosh, it's Rick Allen. Runs, tackles him, knocks him to the ground. Rick Allen hits his head against the concrete. A woman comes out and says, my gosh, Rick Allen, are you okay? This freak named Max is like, 
get away from my man. I don't think she said that, actually. And then starts hitting her. She runs back inside the hotel. Crazy Max follows, grabbing her by the hair and dragging her outside. He then runs off, realizing, hey, maybe I made a mistake, and he got arrested later. Rick Allen's like, yeah, uh, prosecute this dude. That is absolutely right. Here's the part that I need clarification on. This guy, Max, when he got charged, he got charged. Oh, oh, this, I, if you want to know how old you are, like if you're Gen X, you may want to sit down. Just sit, sit right down right there. This guy got charged with one count of abusing an elderly or disabled person without great harm. It, it's, it's because Rick Allen has one arm. Remember the car accident? He lost his arm, figured out how to do it electronically. He's been playing ever since. It's the elderly part. He's 59. I... He's 59. I thought, dude, I don't know. I thought Def Leppard was at least, those guys were at least 50 years older than I was when I was a kid. I didn't know they were kids too. There's no, I had no way of measuring it. Oh, that is just, that is just wrong as wrong could be, I tell you. Wrong as wrong can be. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.